bunch of different breads. It's pretty amazing. Record! Record! What's up, guys? Welcome to Free For All Podcast, your source for all things geek. I don't fucking know. I'm your host, Evan Swaffer. With me, as always, Chuck Nally. Hello. Josh Barnett. Cinnamon rolls. What? That's what's up next on the video, is he making cinnamon rolls. Stop watching videos. That's what's causing your shit to lag. I blame it. Nah. You and your fucking red room. I'm going to start calling you Black Widow. We'll care with that. Little house. I got a what? red room, too. Would you say you broke up there? The, it's the main villain of Hill House. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought you said Millhouse at first. I was like, what? Millhouse from The Simpsons, you know. Known for his red rooms. <laughs> By yeah. the way, dude. They just announced an uh, an eight disc Ghostbusters Ultimate Collection on 4K Blu-ray, and it comes in a a ghost trap That's that nice. holds all the discs. Nice, man. The new Ghostbusters is awesome. Yeah, it is. If um, Stephen King had been a little less coherent in his thoughts red room would have been murder instead you're welcome what you i did, don't know you did not get a victory soup on that <laughs> oh i do Put that glass down you bitch uh, it's, it's too late i already victory sipped it let me go what, ahead and sip you get it to again. watch me in lord of the rings yesterday uh not yesterday i watched fellowship on saturday i will watch the rest of them this weekend I want. I made Jayla watch uh, through the Shire with me on Fellowship last night, and then I said, "Okay, we can watch something else." But I made. It, I got to at least watch a half hour. Just I was like, "Listen, I need joy." I was like, "It's the anniversary, and we're gonna listen to the music in the Shire." <laughs> Why would she not want to continue watching the greatest movie ever made? I don't know. I'm married wrong. Yeah, you know, I'll tell her next time I see her. She's not a fan of Lord of the Rings. I don't know what's up with that, but. It's like one giant Christian allegory. I tried to use that with her. It didn't work, man. I don't know why. I, I tried to Christian guilt her into it. but She it needs is. she needs a more blatant, obvious, if you don't believe in the lion at first, you don't get into the magical <laughs> land beyond Narnia. Bullshit. I was going to say, she's more of a Narnia. Of course she I, is. Literally, Santa Claus is in that fucking story. No, she hates Nardia, too. She doesn't like fantasy, man. Not She's fair. not a fantasy person. Well, I mean, it's not fair. It's not right. I don't trust those people. And quite frankly, I think they're akin to... What? People who don't like fantasy. That's what I was saying. Sure it was. It was! Tread lightly, Josh. <laughs> I, will, I will call down the power of the Lord on you. <laughs> oh, you've got that? <laughs> Prepare to be smoting. <laughs> I had my eight days of protection and they're gone now. Oh, man. Is that what Hanukkah is? Yeah. Days of protection? Yeah, we light the candle. It creates an aura <laughs> around the house. And, you know, it's the, a the Christ, Christian God can't smite us during those eight days. But if we piss off somebody who's got the power of the Lord on their side, any oh, of the Lord. other 350 fucking seven days, we are fucked. Hey, Jew, you believe in the same God I do. You just don't believe in Jesus being the same God. Hey, Jew. My favorite Beatles song. 
That's the best. I'm so happy we're here. I'm glad we're friends. Most people if that just tuned in for the first time are like, oh no, cancel that guy. <laughs> Which though, we both we both hit bad sides there. Yeah, we're all right. Uh, I mean, you did just threaten to smite me with the Lord. <laughs> I threatened to call down God. He does the smiting, sir. That's blasphemy for me to say. You just point him in the direction. That's correct. You're basically I, the hey, get him guy. <laughs> uh, that's not. That's what. That's that's that cool stuff you get in the New Testament, there, Josh. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I need to read that book then. Quite frankly, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's totally not a part of the New Testament, and I'm probably not being smiled upon right now. Anyway, that that King James ruined everything. <laughs> uh, let's talk about video games because clearly that's what this show's about. If you haven't listened to the first show again, you're probably stupid because it <laughs> got him. Clearly labeled. Uh... What do you guys want to talk about? I, I read off what we had to talk about. What do you want to talk about first? Artful Escape. You're damn right! Well, a game about neon and hype. It did not start in a way that captivated me, and I'm very sad about that. I wanted it to be on 10 from the beginning. And the first like hour of that game, or however much of it I played, was just... I'm folksy and playing guitar, and I'm going to walk through the woods. You did not play an hour of that game then. That game is three to four hours max. That's correct. Yeah, and it stops being folksy after about 20 minutes, and then you become space rock opera. It's amazing. It's crazy. The music in that game is incredible. The visuals and just what they do is amazing. It's not like a good story. Like, it's not, like, something that's going to change you, but it's just the vibes. If that game is 100% vibes. It's you walking. Every now and then you do, like, a memory rhythm game, and the rest of it is just you constantly playing a fucking rift on your guitar and playing sweet-ass things, and then just you jump, and you fucking... God, it's the fucking best. It's awesome. You press Y. I never, if I'm walking, my finger is down on the button to play guitar. That's correct. I never stop playing guitar in that game. Not once. I jump, I hit Y to fucking, like, hit the power chord and strum and fucking, it's, everything is rainbows and neon. You go to a mall and you get to make yourself look dope because you have to look awesome. And to leave, it says, are you sure? Do you want to go shopping more? Or you can choose, no, I look dope. It's amazing. <laughs> I love everything about that game. I the think the voice I'm, cast is surprisingly good too. It's super good. It's crazy. I have no idea how they got these people to do. Uh, is this Annapurna that does this game? Yeah, yeah. That's why yeah. Annapurna just has a list of people that they call and you're like, "Hey, we're gonna pay you a lot of money to voice a video game that like a thousand people are gonna play." Okay. I- I hate to interrupt, but in the most uncomfortable coincidence of all time, Jesus just liked my tweet about wanting more Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, it's Jesus 7167, but it couldn't have come at a more uncomfortable time. You sure that's not a Jesus? It's possible, but it says Jesus, and I'm going to pronounce it Jesus. Also, 
Hey, Zeus. <laughs> be afraid. So I look forward to this game. I lost my mind famously as for the our free for all podcast. When we watched this at E3 in like 2017, it was like my most hyped trailer. I was like, that looked so amazing. And for what this game is, it lived up to that as much as it could. It's a short ass game, and it's just about jumping around the world playing guitar and just feeling vibes and like being as hype as possible. And I fucking love it. Did it hit you the same way, Chuck? Um man. I I, I can't I can't believe I haven't finished this game yet. Like I th- I think about it all the time. Like I'll just be like walking down the hallway at work and just for no reason just It's, it's so cool. That makes me happier than I know how to express to you. <laughs> like, it doesn't... There's no sense to the game. It doesn't... There's no... You're not really being called upon... Like, being called upon by an alien race to be the backup to, like, the main person who's doing this space rock opera concert... It doesn't make any fucking sense, but it doesn't matter. Like, the entire time that you have your hand on the controller and you're sliding down, like, these big rainbow bridges and just constantly wailing, and then you have to make a little jump and you jump and you automatically know you have to hit the button to wail in midair and then land and you just keep, like, playing. It is, I mean, it's just pure joy. You know, There's nothing. You know what make this old part a little bit better? If every if life had an X to shred button, and that's all I need in life, just an X to yep. shred. Because you walk around, you're shredding, you never stop shredding, and it's the greatest. You're so just fucking happy all the time, and it's everything I needed this game to be. Absolutely. If, if there were like, if there was combat throughout the game, I wouldn't like this game as much. It's exactly what this game should have been, and kudos to them. They made a hell of a game, and it's a very niche game. Like, if someone is like, that wasn't really for me, I get it. It's fine. You don't have joy in your life, but I get it. It's fine. But extra shred, Josh, extra shred. Sounds like you're saying extra shred, and I'm in on that. Yeah. Get hype. <laughs> What else are we gonna talk about? Oh, Josh, uh, what do you want to talk about? I don't remember everything that was on the list. Just say something, you asshole. <laughs> Diablo two. There you go. I've put well over a hundred hours into that game already. You did what? At least a hundred hours into that game already since it's been back. I guarantee it. That's the most Josh sentence I've ever heard. It's the exact game that I loved when I was 20 years younger than I am today. And it just is a lot prettier. Uh, It's the same exact grind, the same exact searching for items, running the same fucking dungeons over and over again. And it just, we had a good group of people who were playing it in the first month plus of launch. And it became really, really addictive. Um, It has died off. With your old friends? Yeah, uh, Dave, Jager, Dustin, like that whole crew of people. Uh, we were playing. Dave, 
Dave died off pretty quickly because he he had never played it, so he was really just kind of playing it for the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dustin and I, for the most part, were the ones that were like really sticking to it. We we were playing a shit ton. I have like six characters on that game. Um, that's pretty cool though, man. Like I know those are like like a lot of your old boys. Like that's got to be cool to be like have something to get together pretty consistently on. Yeah, and it was nice to like be able to like hop in a Discord, which is a thing we couldn't do in 2000, right. and like be able to have voice chat and you know actually talk it out and like get strategy down and just like help each other with this like lower level characters that we're trying to build up and you know it, it's nice to have a group of people who were like getting loot that they aren't greedy about if it's something that works for somebody else it's just hand it off to that person and like when the whole crew is better everybody has a better time and it's just it's really fun man like i hate that i bought an activision blizzard game right now but like i couldn't help it that game was like literally formative for me in the early 20s and or early or late teens and like i just I, I really love getting back into the game a lot of fucking hard-working devs worked on that man and you bought that game for them not shitty bosses act there's a lot of shitty bosses out there with a lot of shitty people that worked really hard on that game a lot of non-shitty people that worked really hard on that game you're no, no tell us how you really feel about the developers well there's probably some shitty ones of those too but still <laughs> that's, that's fair um normally blizzard has a pretty good way of like looking at playtime and i can't i don't know if i can find it or not i really want to know joe dave is that what is that game he plays all the time is it a dj game yeah he plays it's not dj hero it's beat mania it's like idx something i don't i think it's it's still i think it is beat mania man he plays it a lot more power to him though Yeah. Is he an aspiring DJ? Huh? Is he an aspiring DJ? I don't know. I don't think no. so. I like I like me some Dave. Um so tell me, I know Diablo is old. I don't know Diablo is so it's like the dungeon crawler, am I correct? Because I Pretty bought Diablo, I bought Diablo 3 with the understanding that Trey was gonna play Diablo 3 with me on PlayStation 4. That game has never been played because Trey never uploaded. He never he bought it and then never installed it, and it there it sat collecting dust. So I've never played a Diablo at all. Yeah, um, I mean that's pretty much exactly what it is. Is it is one of the original or not original, but it is probably the biggest dungeon crawler that's ever come out. It is top down, three quarter view perspective. Um, procedurally generated or randomized maps as you load into each game if you're playing in an online character you could choose between like five or six character classes it's just a loot grind um there's five separate i feel like if i had time to get into this i could get like worrisomely deep into this like i had so much fun when we played minecraft dungeons like i still think about that game sometimes and wanting us to all to go play it again like i had a lot of fun playing that and like Diablo yeah. seems like what everybody like talks about is like the best one of all time. It is, in my opinion, and they've done like really good things apparently with Diablo three. Um, but like to me, I just I don't know. For me, it's just the game that like really kind of hit the perfect note. Like I loved Diablo one a whole lot. It was a much smaller game. 
each character class that you played, like they had strengths that went towards certain items, whatnot, but like everybody could learn every spell. And this one really took it in a different direction with the classes actually having their own skill set that you're leveling up and not having to like basically min max your character with all of the same spells available. And like they just kind of really nailed it with this one. And the expansion really helped. It added an entire fifth act to the game. And it's just fun. It's fun to be able to go in. And, you know, I I ended up playing a character mostly that was able to teleport. So with my sorceress, I could, like, literally teleport as fast as I could through the map to try and get to the bosses so that we could just as efficiently as possible do each boss and try and get the gear. And, like, I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, there's really nothing to it aside from we want the coolest gear. And so it's just chasing that whatever is the best possible gear in the game. And once you find it, you kind of move on to the next game. It's like um, a psychological thing that they've made a fun hook for, and then somebody made billions of dollars off of that. Yeah. Which, kudos to them. Yeah, so, it's like... By the free-for-all rules that are, of course, written in stone and sacred at this point, obviously this can't be on our consensus top ten of the list here. Is it on your... Per it can be on your personal list, though. Is this a top ten game for you still at this point? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, like, you know, I, I, I'm literally trying to find how much playtime I've had, but... Like, just in general, I, it's hard to put 50 to 60 hours into a game as addictively as I did. And I guarantee it was more than that and, like, not have it in my top 10. It's it's probably top five. I haven't played a ton of games this year. Um, but there's only, like, three or four that I know for sure would probably be ahead of it. Okay. That's cool. No, I was just generally curious on that. Uh, for my part, and I'm going to be pretty quick on this, uh, while we're talking about... Uh, Activision. I'm going to pick uh, Call of Duty Vanguard. Um, remind me, Chuck, and I, I need to bring you that uh, for you to this. Um, okay. Uh, I'm a big Call of Duty fan play of the year. The past two years have been really fucking wonderful. Them rebooting Modern Warfare. What That game was super dope. Uh, it was great. Rebooted Black Ops. Also super dope. Uh, really good. Not quite as good as Modern Warfare, but still really good uh and then vanguard came out and as a whole and i think a lot of people are with me on this and sales i think has shown this modern, the world war ii games don't intrigue me as much i kind of got over that from like old school so i wasn't super hyped for this i don't i felt like the marketing strategy on this like i didn't see as many i didn't get the commercial blast and the mountain dew commercials for call of duty that i always do uh, it just felt less, but I was still excited because it's Call of Duty. I played it. From a story perspective, Call of Duty Vanguard was much better than I thought it would. It's close to my favorite World War II story that I've played. Um, good on that. There's five different characters that you play through, through like an intertwining narrative. You're part of a team that's part of people from all over uh, the globe, from the Allies in, in World War II. Each one has a specific ability. Like, there's a girl uh, who's probably the highlight. It's Laura Bailey uh, from Last of Us 2. She plays a, a Russian girl. She has the best individual story. And, like, hers, she's very sneaky. Like, if you're crouching, you're actually faster than you are when you're walking. Um, and she has a lot of levels where you're going in and out of, like, tight quarters, sneaking around, and you're doing a lot of stealth kills and stuff like that, which is a really good way for Call of Duty to move forward there's a guy there's a demolition expert and all that i mean the standard stuff but it's really well done it's a good story it's about a special ops unit going after uh a certain 
regime at the end of uh, at the end of the Third Reich that was really going after like kind of almost not a supernatural sect, but someone that was chasing that. Story's good. Overall game's good. Uh, I haven't played the new stuff as far as the Battle Royale uh, part of this. I've played some of the multiplayer. It's more of the same, which they've always been good. Call of Duty has some of the best gunplay around. This is the single most broken game I've played this year and one of the most broken games I've ever played. I'm hoping at this point when I give it to Chuck and he installs it, there's been about eight updates. This game was a broken pile of shit. That's unbelievable. What what just what happened? Fuck was that noise? Oh, sorry. I forgot that you guys can hear that. I just scratched something off of my computer screen. Okay, that was way loud. Anyways. My bad. I'll fix that in post. <laughs> that was this is one of the most like biggest funding games that is a complete pile of garbage I've ever seen. There was I don't know how many hard freezes, and I got to the point when I played this game. I had to, t- and I uninstalled it twice and reinstalled it and never fixed it. I had to take the uh, the back of my controller off because about at, at most I would go 10 minutes and the game would like start stuttering, frame, frame rate drop, and then my character would crouch and just start spinning. And I could not break it. And I couldn't even pause the game. My system, I couldn't hit my home button to go back out of the game. It froze up my whole Xbox, except for it wasn't frozen. The game was still moving. But I couldn't control it, and like my controller was locked out. I had to pop out my battery pack, pop it, which turned off my controller, pop, stop, force stop the game for, hey, your controller is not connected, pop it right back in. It took like... 20 to 30 seconds, but when you do it 30 times a night, and I'm not joking, it, to get through this game, it felt like a fucking eternity each time. And that's how I played through this, like, eight-hour campaign. I have... It's egregious. Like, that doesn't a, sound fun. You did that... You did that and you completed the story mission? I did. What? I wanted to beat the game. I liked the story. Damn. I shouldn't have. I, I, it, I when I think back on it, I shouldn't have wasted my time on something that broken. I just like the way Call of Duty plays, but I was fucking mad. And not just that, there was two instances. And the worst one, I got well into a level, got past the save point, and I think a character must have spawned in the ground, and I couldn't find him. So there was one dude I couldn't kill for the game to progress for like basically for my NPC on my side to go move a barrier and us go up this road. So I was locked in an area. If I went to load last checkpoint, it didn't load back far enough for him to not be loaded in the ground. And I had to start the whole mission over, which was like 45 minutes before that. That That shit always ruins an experience. That happened twice on top of the controller thing. Like I Whatever was broken for you guys, this will be my hill to die on on the FFA awards for most broken game. I've this is one of the most broken games I've ever played. I hope if it does it for you, Chuck, it's not good enough to keep going. Just fucking stop immediately. I hope at this point there should be updates. They were running updates like crazy, but none of them fixed it for me. It's a little rough. 
on top of being really horrible bosses at Activision, Call of Duty was broken. So that sucks. Man, that's never that never happens. I've never had a Call of Duty that ran bad at all. Like you have the if you play multiplayer, the servers always get overloaded in the first week because every big multiplayer game ever. But I, for the campaign, it was inexcusable. Uh, Chuck, let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Did you beat Guardians? I did indeed. Okay, I am hour and a half maybe. I beat the first, like I've had my first uh, team up. Um, I forget what they call them. Huddle up. I had my first huddle up. Yeah, huddle. Um, but I, that's about where I'm at. I'm gonna. I kind of. I shouldn't have started, but I got curious, wanted to play, and the, and then Halo hit, and I wanted to play Halo. Um. So, and we'll talk about Halo here in a little bit. Um, I liked what I played uh, so far. This game has gotten far more recognition than I anticipated. It's won like three best narrative, bitch. It's won like three different major best narratives, and I think that's why this is kind of scooting up my list of games I need to finish uh, before some others. Am I right? Should I finish this before I finish Far Cry? I think so. I mean, I like Far Cry story, and I love the, the Far Cry video game series, but, I mean, the story in this one is it's better than any singular MCU movie story. Okay. That's um, it's got so many aspects, and... It involves the Church of Truth, right? Yes, especially with you being a Marvel nerd and knowing, you know, Adam Warlock, Magus, um, the Church of Truth, and... Um, uh, Fin Fang Foom and like all these crazy like deep cosmic pulls that Cosmo is in it. Yeah, um, right. Cosmo's in it. The Blood Brothers. Okay. Do you know? So so yeah. So I mean, there's like all these really big like cosmic entities, uh, and the ending of that game is bananas. Oh, shit, it's, it's B-A-N-A-N-A-S? Correct. So, like, um, like, when I found out it was about Church of Truth. Like, Josh, do you know who the Church of Truth is? You know me and Church. <laughs> How do we keep back on it's not. It's not, it's not, it's not truth. We all know that truth is the truth. So, in the comics, they, they're just a, I mean, it's a religious zealot group. Um, my favorite story of theirs is they are the main villains in the old man, uh, Hawkeye series. Um, and actually, no, that's not true. It's the old man, uh, Peter Quill, where they, uh, uh, basically in the, uh, wastelands, which is old man, Logan, old man, Hawkeye, Peter Quill's still alive. And like, they are like, they've overtaken the galaxy in that. They, they're a cool villain group. They're zealots, and in that version, they kind of worship uh, Galactus. Um, well, well, here they are worshiping Magus and using him to essentially indoctrinate the entire universe. That's dope. Into the they always go after, like, a very powerful being, and Magus is underused. Magus is stupid powerful, so that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so... I oh, like, and keep, 
I'm keep sorry. playing through the credits. There is more to the story after the credits. You Let's can get to continue to play. So I will definitely beat this um, just because of how everyone loves the story to this. I like the game so far. Like, the writing's very good. It Obviously, it's got dope music. It's a Guardians of the Galaxy, which is because of James Gunn. That's what it's become known for. It's got a, as far as licensed soundtrack, it's probably <laughs> the licensed soundtrack of the year. Um, oh, yeah. And I, this has been a great year for music. Some of the, like, scores of games this year has been fucking ridiculous. We're going to have a hell of a talk for that at the end of the year. Um, but for licensed music, this was great. Uh, the writing's really good. It's really funny. Uh, there's a difference enough in the characters. Like, what we ran into with, like, Avengers, it felt like we were getting, like, movie light sometimes. Like, the characters look just close enough to MCU parts and stuff like that. It just felt off. On this, I felt it felt different enough where I knew I was listening and watching something that was not MCU Guardians, and I thought that was a very good thing. You can you can find a bunch of alternate outfits, and um, one set one set is the 2016 original Guardians outfit. So you can make everybody, including Groot, look exactly like they do in in the movie, which is kind of fun. Um, if you're, you know, like me, it was, you know, those are some of my favorite MC movies. Uh, I will also say real quick, this does have uh, my moment of the year in it. I'm not going to spoil it for you. It is in the final battle, but it is fucking amazing. I immediately recorded it on my uh, my Xbox video. That's crazy. I, didn't, I, I really didn't awesome. expect Cutie the Elephant to be in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right? Um, so I like the gameplay. It, to me, it's not, it, this sounds derogatory. It's a little, like, it's basic gameplay. That's not a bad thing. It's a, it's a little repetitive, but I'm very early and I'm sure, I know I've seen the skill tree. I know I'll unlock more iterations and powers and like other stuff I can do. And I think that'll be enough to get me through it. It's not going to break the mold on gameplay, but it's fun. It runs good. So as long as it runs good, especially coming off of like playing something like Call of Duty, which I think I played right before this, I was like, what a refreshing thing. I haven't had my game for in 10 minutes. So now I will I will tell you that uh, at towards the end of the game, when shit was going crazy, I did run into some frame rate stuff. I don't know if it was just me or not. Um, You're definitely not. But. I've heard that from a lot of people talking about this game that when the screen gets really crowded and there's a lot of stuff going on because they put a lot into like sound design and uh, there's a lot of colors on the screen. When too much gets on the screen, a lot of people have said it's been because they made this game for everything. Like it's even on cloud on switch on other stuff. Like it struggles sometimes when too much gets on there, like just because Lowest common denominator means sometimes that doesn't run great. But overall, it runs good enough. It's been the consensus from what I hear. And it sounds like that's where you're at, too. Yeah, I will say, too, that uh, – so, Josh, the huddle up is uh, whenever you get to a certain point, you've defeated enough enemies or whatever, you hit uh, the shoulder buttons. Peter holds up his Walkman. Everybody comes in, and they're like, yeah. like we're getting out there, Quill. What do we do? You know, all that kind of stuff. And then you have two choices – um, to what, like, 
how you want to approach uh, how to um, like rally the troops or keep them motivated or whatever. Yeah, what you, what you're gonna say? Yeah, if you succeed, you get a real big power buff, right? And um, it lasts the entire duration of a classic 80s song. So, like, the first time I ever did it, my song was I Am The Warrior, and I was fucking rocking out. I was, like, losing my shit. It was amazing. Uh, I got the same experience. And so, uh, like, the entire game, like, every single time I did that, I hit it. And we were buffed, and we were dominating. And And so I didn't think that you could miss it. Until the very last boss battle, Oof. I got there and I said something, and they said, "What are you talking about, Quill? Ah, let's get out of here. We don't have to listen to him." And, and like everybody, I guess it was a nerf because everybody got absolutely waxed, but me. Um, so I, I didn't think. I guess I was lucky and and hit it like ever like a hundred times throughout the course of the game. Until that very last boss battle, and I just got annihilated. It was funny. So supposedly, like you should, you're supposed to talk to as many people as you can going through, and like there's, like there's clues as to what you should say, like before each possible. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, for mine, like the one time I did it, like all my teammates were down, and I called a huddle up, and it resurrected everybody. Is that something that like happens every time? Like you can like, if everybody's dying, can you bring them back if you? Power up a huddle up, or I don't know. I don't think I ever did it that way. Man. I put it on easy though. I just wanted to kind of get through it and get the story, so I didn't. That's actually a good tip. I may actually do that with the gameplay. Like I like it, but don't love it. I think I may go easy mode and just get the story of this. That's a good call. That's a good call. There's uh, nothing wrong with a good easy mode game. It's not. We call that the tray. <laughs> Uh, well, there's something wrong with every game being your good easy mode game. Uh, hey, Josh. Let's talk about The Matrix Awakens. Fuck yeah, The Matrix Awakens. At the end of the Game Awards, Keanu came back on. Not for Cyberpunk, but to talk about Matrix. That movie's going to hit in two days. Me and Josh are going to see that. We're real excited on opening night. Fuck uh, yeah. But... They partnered with Unreal 5 to make a Matrix game slash we're going to show you what Unreal 5 is capable of. It is an Unreal 5 experience, experience, experience. Keanu is the fucking biggest dumbass in the world, and I love that man. I fucking love him so much. He's a terrible actor, but I love him either way. (laughs) Forever... He's just now. Some people think of him as Neo. Some people think of him as John Wick. To me, he's going to be Johnny Silverhand forever, and I don't care what anyone thinks about that. But Matrix Awakens is a 30 gigabyte download for basically kind of a walking sim. It's very limited gameplay, and for me, I was like, man, to make a full fledged game, is this would this be like a a 500 gigabyte download game? I don't think it would be, in all honesty. Like, really? they're already, yeah. So, I've read up a lot on this, and like, so they're already talking about that city is something that they are allowing people to use for future Unreal 5 engine games if they want. Like, well, re- real quick, let me interrupt you. And I've talked a lot here recently. Tell everyone what uh, yeah. Matrix, Matrix Awakens is. 
so it is essentially real life. Um, like it is an yeah. insane level of fidelity, and it is essentially a a playable tech demo. Like you know when a game gets shown at E3 for the first time, or an engine gets shown off, like the uh, Tomb Raider ass looking thing they showed off for Unreal Five the first time with the girl who's like flying through the canyon at the end of it. Like this those the, this is the new PT to me. This was uh, this was PT like for the new yeah. Show. It's it's literally like a playable version of like the there's no way that game ends up looking that good. But they were like, no, fuck you. You can actually play it right here, right now. Um, yeah, the gameplay is limited in terms of like so it is a very meta look at the Matrix. It starts with like kind of a rundown of the beginning of the first Matrix with Keanu Reeves's character, Thomas Anderson, like asleep at his computer. And then it quickly cuts to like the construct, which is where they get their weapons and like do their training sims and everything. And you think it's full motion video, right? Like you think it is just a movie clip of Keanu Reeves talking as Thomas Anderson from the matrix and like a a clip that they filmed for it. But it kind of slowly starts to dawn on you that what you're looking at is actually in the game engine. Like all of it is. There, it does start off with video, and then it transitions. There is a point where it transitions, and it is hard to spot. It's like, very I, subtle. You really I, only can notice it in the walking animation. It took me a second to realize that I was now watching a computer-animated version of Keanu Reeves. And I was like, <laughs> that's when I was like, oh my, what the fuck? I was like, oh my god, that was crazy. Yeah, and like it, after he does like his whole little, like, head cannon mumbo jumbo talking about uh, him and Carrie Ann Moss basically both being like we envisioned 20 years ago about special effects and what we could do with special effects as technology got better and when would it be that you know human bodies and faces could be swapped and it did a quick like almost deep fake swap of him currently Keanu down to younger Matrix era Keanu and it then finally cuts to a, an action scene in what you think would be almost like a trailer for the new Matrix movie and this car driving through, you know, generic L.A. slash New York streets and like a like still video game looking to an extent shot of like Neo and and Trinity talking in a car. But it's the way game looking point of it. And to me, yes. this is the only part where like. I wonder how big a game download would be for this because not just the city, but like the gameplay in that is so basic of like you go right or left and it aims for you. You know, yeah, like it's it's very much like so you you are this player character who's sitting in the back seat as they have this really goofy, like not great written but still fun meta commentary on like marketing and things like that and what it is and not in the Matrix, but like it's eventually Neo. Neo just hops out of the car and flies away and you're left to basically get in this, you know, high speed chase shootout on the streets where Trinity is driving and you are shooting at the tires of all the cars on the road with agents popping out of them. And it's once you actually get into the gameplay of it, it's insane how pretty this game looks. So like the, the city is what we should talk about, like walk around the city. Like, I don't remember, it's like 100,000 people, like 50,000 cars, and like eight square miles of city, and it never loads. I never had one single texture pop, like, slow down. Like, it's, 
You it, can at any point in time hit the the Y or the triangle button and like fly your camera and go to the very top of the world and see how giant the city is. Like you, I hopped on the highway like out of nowhere and like it's it's one of those things that like you wouldn't believe it's real. And like I think to me my favorite part of the demo is actually after the action sequence, before the walking sim, when it starts taking you through the systems that are behind it. And like it starts with you being able to toggle a viewpoint of all of the you know, generated AI in the world, and it shows basically an AI, like, program bubble above where all the cars are driving on the road, and you could toggle that on and off. You can toggle it from day to night to see their lumens, like, lighting system and particle system that's into play. You can mess with the displayed uh, pixels and, like, all of these things to see how crazy it is. And being able to go into and see the geometric way that this unreal engine scales is crazy i don't know if you like really read up or, or have like understood a lot of it but yeah. there's that triangle almost like infrared view that you can get and the way that the engine works is the further away you are from an item in the game engine the less polygons the less triangles are required to create the item and so something as far from the horizon as you could be is like one or maybe two triangles worth of just a matte texture but as you get closer the engine in real time starts actually creating a 3d physical object and multiplies almost exponentially the triangles and the polygons that are being used to create the item and I it's, it's i don't think it's almost i think it literally is exponentially it's 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 insane to like fly through that city because you can just hit the start button and go into like a DOS prompt basically and toggle that kind of shit on and off. And it is insane to look at a building like 10 miles away and see like one or two triangles and just follow it all the way up to a gargoyle or an eagle on the side of the building and see it turn into 5,000 little triangles that are forming the actual 3D object. And yeah. like the... It's crazy. It's insane. And to me, all this did was this was a great way for me to look and then see what all games are being developed in Unreal 5. Because I think that's the... Hellblade 2. <laughs> yeah, it's Hellblade 2. It's it's the next Gears, which is being built from the ground up. And it, there's a that's going to be dumb. It, Dude, I'll, it's... I, I never thought we would get to this point in video games. Like I well, never thought something would look this it's way. It's the next it's the it's the next leap. If it if this is a practical thing and it really seems like it is, and especially seeing that Hellblade trailer, which was all in engine gameplay, granted mixed with like cinematic gameplay like what Last of Us and stuff like that does. Yeah. Like we're in for the next big leap, and I can't wait for it. It makes me realize that, like, Hellblade 2 and Gears are not coming next year. Like, we know that. Like, there's no way. But in the next two to three years, we're about to see a whole rise of games that are going to be just fucking ridiculous. And I'm really, really fucking excited for it. Like, uh, that Black Myth Wukong or whatever game. This yeah, kind of, Wukong. I'm real excited for that game. That game looks stupid good, like, from a graphical standpoint, and it looks fun. Like, all those games are being built in Unreal 5, which is what this uses. And, like, to see something that shows us a way to understand what they're doing and then games being built from the ground up on that, Mike, we've got some big things coming, guys. Like, like it, I watched, I watched so many, like, I watched so many streamers like play this and just like the only thing i kept hearing was like oh my god this is real 
Like, it's just one of those things that, like, it's it's crazy to see because it is still a full-fledged, like, you can definitely play the experience. Like, yeah, like, you're not running around and pulling out a gun like you are in GTA, but it's not like the running was uncomfortably stiff. It's not like the driving was bad in any way. It totally felt like you're running around the city. The only thing is, like, you're not getting into any sort of combat, so you don't really know what it looks like. But... The engine exists. The the physics exists. Like you can stand in the middle of a crowd that's walking, and they'll react to you. They'll try and get around you. You can like react in real time. Man, it was like, it felt the, the real time reflections are insane with that ray tracing. It felt very alive too. Like all the there were so many people around the city. It wasn't like I wasn't keenly aware that there were NPCs walking around. It felt like I was walking through the streets in New York. I was like, this is stupid. It's a free download to anybody. I think. If you have a next gen, current gen, whatever system, like if you have a PS5, and like any sort of a 4K TV, yeah, Xbox Series X with a good TV, you should download this and just see what what the future is because it that's what this is. It's crazy. Uh, next up, with apologies to Chuck, it's time we talk about Deathloop. Um, you can apologize to me as well. Probing questions from Chuck and Josh can just suck it. Uh, no, we knew this game wasn't. Yeah, I mean, you were very honest from the beginning. This just isn't your style of game. You're not a first-person shooter guy anyway. I'm, I'm really not anymore. Like, I used to like it occasional. I loved Halo 1, 2, and 3, haven't re- and ODST, but, like, haven't really gotten <laughs> uh, any of the others since then. Like, 5 had fun times behind it, but not much more than that. Um, I just can't wrap my head around moving in a first-person perspective 90% of the time. Like, it's just, it's not a thing that I enjoy. I feel very stiff when playing it. I've swapped with, with Halo, we'll talk later. I've swapped between mouse and, and controller a million times trying to find what makes me comfortable. I don't like either of them. I just don't like first-person. I, I just don't. And yeah, beyond that, like, the the approach to a... What immersive sim game like this, the looping to it, the movement, the way that it all works, it's just my brain doesn't function or have fun while playing it. It sucks because I understand that a lot of people love it. But like aside from Operation Tango, I don't know the last time I've enjoyed any game in first person. And that's fine. Like that I think like even you can admit like it's a really well made game. It's hundred percent. It's just not for you. Chuck, this is everything we hoped it would be, man. Like, I can't wait for you to play this when it comes out after the year, time to exclusivity, and it comes to Xbox. I know it won't count for next year. Maybe it can count for your own personal. That's fine. I can't count for that. You, you, as soon as this is out, you should play this. It's the, it's the next evolution listen, of, listen. of Dishonored. It's exactly what we hoped it would be. Chuck, just come build me a raised garden. You can hang out on the couch for a couple hours at a time and play. Just make sure that anytime you come over, you get some project done at the house, and you can just play for a couple hours. I'll leave you there. I'll go play some Diablo or some shit, and we're good. Okay, so what about the, uh, the projects I've already done? I mean, you get like three hours from what you've already done. You've got you've got that time built up. I'll give you that. So, okay. so this game, if you like Dishonored, <laughs> like I said, this is this is exactly the evolution of that. It is more combat focused, more gun focused. Dishonored. It still has, and it's more freedom. And like you could go more combat heavy and Dishonored if you want, but that game wants you to do stealth. Um, Deathloop is. Fully, as you play, you fully really can play however the fuck you want to. I still think at its core, 
it likes you to play stealth and allows you to shoot your way out of anything. But if you want to upgrade to the point where you're just a fucking wrecking ball, you can. And I really want to do a second playthrough where I do that. I've upgraded a lot of my powers where I played a little bit like that, but I just prefer stealth. I like to go back to like old Dishonor stuff where I have the teleport ability like Blink uh, from Dishonor where I can look at a rooftop and I'm going to teleport right up there. And you know, and Chuck knows exactly what I'm talking about. That power is exactly in Deathloop. Uh, and I have that. And then I have one with that, uh, a- another power from Dishonored is, Shocker, I went with a. I powered my guy up exactly like a Dishonored guy. I could teleport, and the other power I end up because you can always employ two powers. Um, and I think there's six or seven total. Um, I uh, the other one I went with was I link people, so a lot of the times, so if I shoot one guy in the head, if it's fully upgraded, I might kill nine people because they've all linked together, stuff like that. Uh, but you can, you've got your telekinesis where I, for about, for two whole runs, I just decided to teleport and then I full upgraded my telekinesis where I was just left and right throwing people off the fucking map. And it was awesome. And they really showed that in the trailers. But to me, like the brilliance in this game, one, graphically, it's a 70s style. The aesthetic of this game is beautiful. Like art direction, every award that it wins, it deserves. The music is awesome in this game the voice acting and dialogue is amazing i get josh probably like there's a level of humor that it's got to hit right for you and it's not josh's style of humor um but for me i and i think for josh for chuck too he would love it um the guy and the the guy that plays colton this has won a lot of like uh, i know he won GameSpot and ign's like best actor awards and all the um really good um this but for me, it's the puzzle. The whole it is. They describe it as a murder puzzle, and it really is. There are four levels. There are four times of the day, and you have to figure out a way to kill eight visionaries in a single run. Um, it's not a roguelike in in the fact that like you don't have quick runs. Like I had like a single playthrough on most nights, unless I really fucked up, lasted out. Um, and you could pause the game. You could turn the thing off for the night and you're going to pick up where your run started last time. You don't like lose your run because you have to go to bed, which is a great advantage over something like Returnal and not to knock Returnal on that front. It's just different. And it's not that type of like pure roguelike. They've gone and edited that by the way, at least finally they need to, cause that game's too long to have as that style. Anyways. Um, yeah, there are four different like levels that you play at, like parts of the Island. Um, and you can play, there's a morning, uh, there's a noon, there's the afternoon, and there's an evening. And as the day goes on, people, like at night, people are way more aggressive, so it gets harder. But you have to figure out the order in which you kill people, or you need to do something that will force people to move to a different level at a different time of day. And you have to figure out how you can kill eight people in one run to unlock the end of the game. And man, like, well, it's really fun, and it's like someone that's not always great at like puzzles. If you, if you just play this game, you're gonna figure it out. It's not too hard, but it's just deep enough that you're gonna be like, "Oh shit, I know what I need to do here," and you're gonna feel good about yourself. If you just like, there's a menu system that's very intuitive. 
shows you what all you need to do. If you're doing everything and you're checking off boxes, you're going to figure out the puzzle and you're going to, but you still feel really good about yourself. And at the same time, you're going to have a fucking blast with Arcane, who does the best level design in the business, in my opinion. I, I think they are unrivaled in level design. Every bit of what you liked about Dishonored and then got taken to the notch in Dishonored 2, they went up a whole nother notch in Deathloop, and you're going to fucking love it, Chuck. Like, it's so good, man. The way you felt about Psychonauts and, like, you really thought that It Takes Two wouldn't be challenged this year, that's my death. I don't know what my number one is. I have about three games vying for it, but Deathloop is right there, man. Um, and I, it sucks. We could have a whole other talk about exclusivity because we've got it on both sides now, and I think we're all going to keep running into that. Uh, but, uh, man, it's a great game. And when it comes out on Xbox or, you know, if for some reason you end up with the PlayStation, it should be the first thing you fucking play. It's all. Can I borrow your PlayStation? <laughs> Actually, at this point, if I can unhook the thing, I may let you. Because uh, I don't yeah. think any PlayStation games for a little bit. Um, Josh. Yeah. How do you want to? Would you like to talk about the first? Would you like to talk about the beginning of Life is Strange Two Colors and a little bit, and then we'll talk about the whole story at a later date, or would you rather talk about it all at once? I mean, I'd like to talk about it a little, for sure. All right, then let's talk about it. I've played the first two chapters after five. What a return to form for Life is Strange. Life is Strange, the original, <coughs> is a top ten game all time for me. And it's not because the gameplay is so good. It's the engine's a little janky, but it's one of my favorite stories of all time. I don't think I've ever balled the way I did in a story, the way Life is Strange. I, it made me feel all the feelings. I love it, and I respect the fuck out of that game. Uh, the Before the Storm did the same thing for me, and that was from Deck Nine, and they've kind of taken over the franchise. Um, Life is Strange 2 came out. It didn't really hit the same beats. And I think Don't Nod has kind of moved on. They're moving on in a different direction. And Deck Nine has taken over. And it's really a lot of the developers that really worked on the original. And you could totally tell. I think they are, it was a, even just two chapters in, this feels like what I fell in love with originally in Life is Strange. Man, um, like to me, and I'm, I feel I, not top 10 game for me, but I really, really liked the first Life is Strange. I couldn't get into Captain Underpants or whatever. Uh, never played any of Life is Strange 2 or Before the Storm. I just really liked the first one a lot. You should play Before the Storm. Before the Storm is fucking fantastic. Um, to me, every single aspect of True Colors blows the original game out of the water. Like, wow. I, like, I can't express to you, like, how immediately I was bought in to Alex Chen, to her relationship with her brother, to this fish out of water showing up in this Colorado town after being estranged from her brother for so long. And just like how quickly she ingratiated herself to that entire community, how diverse the characters throughout the, the town are the, you know, the woman who owns the flower shop, um, you know, the, the Jed, the owner of the fucking bar that you live above that you end up getting a job at. Like what a every, good dude, 
there there are so many things I want to talk about. Like you are at my favorite level of the year right now. This is my number one game of the year, and it's like it's not even close right now. Like I don't like for me that is my I don't know what could possibly top this from beginning to end after the first two hours of this game and getting to the end of chapter one and literally my stomach and heart being ripped from my body. Man, I had to quit for a little while. And Dude, I don't, it, no spoilers because this game depends on it, the story. It hurt me. It hurt me to my fucking core. I cried. I was not ready for it. I was so ready for this, like, I can't wait to see what this empathy powers do in all of these characters. And then with what happens, I was like, oh, my God, this is going in a direction I was not ready for. And I was so hooked. And, yes, I took, like, a day or two off because I was like, I don't know that I can get right back into this. I but took, then once... Man, I took me a week, and it really set me far so far behind it. That's why I haven't continued, because other games did. <laughs> but, like, I went in, and, like, I loved playing the little arcade games that are around the town. Oh, yeah, man, I played them for way too long. Chapter 3 is so stupid good, and it does one of those things that's so rare in games, but when it nails it, it's... It's like it's why it's why video games are so fucking cool that they are. It's like it takes this one thing. It's a walking sim. It's it, there's no action or anything. You're like you're talking. You're really just kind of getting into the emotions of people and shit like that with her power to have those empathetic reactions. And then it it creates an entirely different gameplay experience for the entirety of chapter three. Um, and that's really all I want to say about it. Like, I'm sure you know the thing that's happening in Chapter 3 because you've been building toward it. Um, so, without saying anything. Yeah, I'm unsure where it's going. I, I, I have some doubts and I have some theories, but man, I, I just want to experience it. This game, for a while, they really draw you into relationships better than you game. Oh my god. And like it's the the fact that you can tap into people's thoughts and and their emotions and like it gives you that intimate perspective of each individual person. And like for me, like I asked you if you planned on even following any of the the two there are two romance paths in the game. Um there's Jed's son. After the guy, I think you went after the girl, correct? It's Steph is my like and and that's what I think is so cool is that I didn't even know playing this game that Steph was in Life is Strange too. I didn't know she was an existing character or before the storm. She's in before the storm. Yeah, she's yeah. a part of the original high school. Uh, uh, like, you know her as Chloe, uh, I, which, which is like, for me, that's why, like, even I didn't want a relationship with yeah. her because, like, I had this, like, preconceived notion. Of she her. is she is best girl. She is my fucking, like, I love her so much. And I would do literally anything for that fucking character. I love her in every way. I think she's wonderful. I the the wavelengths DLC. I haven't played it yet, but it's her story of leaving Portland or the, the the Oregon area and coming to the Colorado town. And it's just like there's so many pieces in that world. There's so many little bits and pieces that you can collect and find and memories that just give every corner of that world personality. And it's the thing that Life is Strange does so well that I think they just kind of 100% nail. I, they do it very well. You, you should play, if you're a stuff guy, you should play Before the Storm for the single fact that in chapter, I want to say one and three, but I think it's just three chapters, you get to play two like over half hour long D and D games with Steph, and it's awesome. Yeah. And like even like Ducky in the bar, 
Like, I fucking love that dude, that old crazy codger. Like, I fucking, I love, like, all of the little details. Like, you go up to the bear, and there's a fucking dart in the bear in the corner of the bar sticking out of his nose or whatever. And, like, you can get a little story behind that. And there's a running plot between these just no-name characters that you never talk to, really, throughout all five chapters. There's, like, these two people that both, like, it's a guy and a girl that kind of like each other. And you can coerce them into finally like admitting to each other that they want to have a relationship and be more than friends or you could completely miss that and like the fact that you could do all of that you've got this guy who's looking for or talking about this like love that he lost and i won't say what happens there but you can follow all those little threads and they don't impact the game in any way aside from it's just like this is a thing you did and then it has those bigger moments that you can attach to and say like oh i did this so this actually happens at the end of the game and i'll admit i did the thing you said i shouldn't do i cheated a little bit because i made a decision that i thought was right and immediately i was like oh i this was not what i thought it was gonna do i i replayed the entire chapter i couldn't do it man i couldn't leave on that fucking note it was too important to me the way the characters worked in this game that's both good and bad. Like, for me, like, I play those games, and it's instinctual, and I don't always like that, but I like that because, to me, it simulates life in a way that I find weird, and I think that other games don't capture, and you can't replay life in that way. Oh, but also, at the same time, that's so cool that, like, it hurt you so much. It is a video game, and you can make that choice, and you did, that you replayed an entire two-hour chapter because... You couldn't live with it, and like that—that you know, you've got a special game and damn good writing when you're doing that. Oh, man, I I, I want to play it again, but I also like I don't need to, and I I just want to play wavelengths. And like the thing is, is I want more with this character, and I know they won't have it. But after how I feel from this game, I won't let it go the way it did with like two and Captain Fantastic. Awesome, Captain Fantastic. No, I meant, no, 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 Captain Fantastic's movie. This is the fucking Viggo Mortensen movie, and Captain Awesome is the Chuck character. Uh, Captain Underpants is also a movie. What the awesome. fuck is that kid's name? Uh, I don't know. That's on, It's on my Xbox One. And I, Sergeant I, Stupendous. I don't fucking know that dumb kid who's got an abusive father or whatever. Like... <laughs> I didn't. I didn't care for the first chapter of that game, but like, I will not let the next Life is Strange game drop without me playing it. Like, I, I, I have faith they're gonna make me attached to the character this way. Uh, True Colors is popular enough. My guess is they go the way of what they did with the original Life is Strange. There is a comic book story that continues, uh, Kobe and Max, like from the canon ending of like, and you the can- awesome adventures of Captain Spirit. There it Spirit. is. Spirit. There it is. Thank you, Chuck. Um, I uh, participated. Captain Fantastic <laughs> is also a wonderful movie, by the way. You're damn right. Never it seen. It's they so they sing "Sweet Child of Mine" in a folksy way at the end of that movie. Uh, we've got two things left to talk about. Um, uh, first off, I want to talk about, and I don't know if anyone else has played this. Is anyone play Forza Horizon Five? No. Sir. Nope. God damn! It. I feel like Trey right now. What a fucking game, man. Well, that's one of those where, like, I know my computer isn't going to do it justice. So if I don't have the Xbox, like, I don't know that I, I don't want to play that game. I promise you, like, I want you to play stuff like that so much. If you find an Xbox, I'll finance you. I know you'll pay me back. You're not going anywhere. You're one of my best friends. 
Just buy the fucking Xbox. I'll loan you the money. You pay me back as you can. I've put in 10 years of work to get to this so I can run off with an Xbox. Yeah, right. Don't cut the rest of your fucking finger off, you bitch. You just have to pull, honestly. Forza Horizon 5 is the best racing game ever made, and it's not close. Whoa, Beetle Adventure Racing on the Nintendo 64 hey, is awesome. Hey, Split Split Second is a personal like favorite of mine. It's my favorite competitive racer all time. This is the GTA 5 of racing games. It's so big. There's so much to do, and every single part of it is fucking immaculate. I was not ready for how good this game was. I was not ready to be sucked into this. This is my Diablo for you. It's why I haven't gotten as far in some other games. I've played a lot of Forza Horizon 5. I love it. If I run into that, to the thing at this point in life, I'm like, I've got like 30 minutes I can't get into. I won't play a whole chapter of Guardians. I can't get through a whole mission in Halo tonight. I'm just going to go race. And then I end up getting sucked in and playing an hour and a half, and I should have played something else. But I don't regret it because Forza's amazing. That was what right. happened with me in Avengers, honestly. It was like, I'll play a little bit and like just kind of move a little bit forward. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to like play for three hours out of nowhere. Graphically, it's what you think it is. Racing games are kind of unfair in that. It's it's stupid pretty. Um, I'm playing actually on the fidelity settings. I find that playing on performance isn't that big of a difference on frame rate. I can't even notice it, but I can notice that ray tracing and the 4K on it, and it is fucking stupid pretty. Um, Why doesn't Ray become a better artist and stop tracing? You know what I'm saying? I mean, fucking tracer, man. Uh, fucking tracer! You, you get it. Um, there's so much to do. The big events on this, like the the Forza like event. So the, the Horizon Festival, as ridiculous as it is, you're in Mexico this time. It has all the climates. It's so cool. How many cool. blimps do you race? Uh, I don't think I race a blimp. You, there are some ridiculous – you have some ridiculous things. So there are five – I believe different like sections you unlock. There's the wilds, which is like off-road racing. There's street racing. Uh, there's long-distance road racing. There's five different ones you do, and then there's four like major chapters you can do in each one, and then like a billion little events covering your map. If you turn the legend on to show all, like you can't even see the roads. There's so much shit to do. Um, but it's cool. Like there's it, it has all the classic stuff, but there's also like. There is a battle royale version in this called the Eliminator. If you go to a certain section of the map and choose to participate in it, it's just you racing against other people in a true battle royale style, and it is fucking addicting. Where you want to be the last car to make it, where you're—I mean, you're fighting against other cars trying to knock them out, but you're trying to last the longest and do the best. And it's hard, but it is fun. It's a game. It's a battle royale that a normal person can win. That isn't fucking cheating and running hacks on a first-person shooter it's just if you can drive and have fun with this game you can win and it's really fucking fun there's an arcade thing that pops up every 10 minutes you run this huge event and as soon as it's over you have five minutes to get to the next location and you're playing all the crazy games that like before were like all the special events in, in horizon um where you are like doing crazy like arcade style games that's constant now the season changes every two weeks and there's new events for each one and cars to unlock for each one. And it's not like a real time season thing. And also they have the real time, they have the dynamic weather in this, which like in the open world changes a little bit. And every now and then you hit some storms, which is really cool. But like in the game, you'll run across like story missions 
where you have to drive through a like lightning storm and we don't have Hellblade 2 yet, so the lightning storm in Forza Horizon 5 to this point is the most graphically impressive thing that's ever happened in video games. You're driving, there's a slick road, there's ray tracing come off all the water on the fucking road that you're driving through, and lightning's just hitting all around you, and you're like, this is insane. That game is just pure fucking fun, and it controls like a dream, and I can't speak highly enough about it. It's just fun, man. Like, I, if you have an Xbox or a PC and Game Pass, like, it's if you just need to go have fun for a minute, you should play Forza Horizon Five. It's the way. If you need to relax, you play golf. You play uh, golf club. Uh, but if you uh, need to have fun, you play this. <laughs> hey, Josh, it's uh, out supported. You can just use their servers. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's possible. I may have to give it a shot and see then. Man. Because, um, yeah, I don't have the hard drive space to download this game on my PC right now. Well, it's crazy. This actually just won IGN's Game of the Year. I was shocked by that, that it won their Game of the Year. <laughs> and good for the Playgrounds earned it. And they're going to make a banger Fable game. And I, it, like, this game got me so much more hype for, like, the fact that it's a team that's making a Fable game, like, also a, an Unreal 5 game. <laughs> so. Good on them. Play Forza. It's awesome. I did not think that this is a game. Forza is a game that you're like, that's an awesome franchise, and it's really fun. But it's not like a top 10 game. This is a locked top 10 game for me. It's awesome. All right. Uh, and then finally, we've been kind of tiptoeing around it. It's the game of the moment, and for good reason. We waited a long time. Halo's back, baby. Halo Infinite is finally yeah, is. Back in a big way. We don't have Forge. We don't have co-op yet, which that's sad. But they've done what they can. They've been pretty transparent what they are. They have a finished campaign, and they have co-op, which they actually are, excuse me, not co-op. They have multiplayer, which they dropped on the 20th anniversary of Halo and Xbox. Do you want to talk multiplayer first since it came out first? Sure. Have you played multiplayer? Oh, yeah. Josh, have you played any multiplayer? Uh, I've played a couple matches. What do we think? What? Like... Man, I, I don't know. I was never like a big like everybody that is around our age was a Halo guy. And the fact that we all played Halo multiplayer back in the day, we all played land parties back in the day. It's one of the first things you probably played online multiplayer. It was dope. I've always been more of a Call of Duty guy as far as like what I was actually good at, but I have all the nostalgia for Halo. And I, while I'm a person that has liked Halo 4 and Halo 5 Guardians just fine, Halo Infinite feels... I didn't realize how different it was until I played Halo Infinite, and it really fucking feels like I'm playing old-school Halo. Did y'all feel the same? Yeah, the this game really hammers... It, it found and hammered home the nostalgia of everything that made Halo, like, put Halo on the map. Like, the multiplayer maps and the um, uh, the um, the different type of multiplayer that you can play uh, are varied. Um, the guns, the new weapons that they added are, are pretty balanced and uh, a lot of fun to use. The uh, the power ups you can get not only the grapple shot which everybody uh, 
pretty much saw in the trailer and been waiting for. Uh, but the dude, I love using the repulsor, especially like right when someone's about to melee me. I've repulsed somebody like off a cliff before. It's like the best fucking feeling. Um, you know the shields and all that kind of stuff. It's it's fun. Like I, I'm not getting like super frustrated. Um, and you know people are teabagging like Halo, but uh, it's just fun. It's just it just reminds me of sitting around with four Xboxes, four TVs, and sixteen controllers, and uh, hell yeah, going to town at four in the morning. Josh, what about you, man? Yeah, um, like I, I don't want to say this, but like it's it's not a disappointment to me, but like it's just it's not my game. I thought it would be. I love Halo One, Two, and Three. I loved ODST. I thought Four was fine. I thought Five was, you know, we had fun playing co-op, but I never really got into multiplayer. Do you, uh, think, do you think this is more of a casualty of just you as a gamer moving just away from the genre in general? Yeah, a very me problem. The skill ceiling has beyond moved beyond me right now. I like we said, I am not comfortable in a first person shooter anymore. I've tried mouse and keyboard. I've tried controller. I want some amalgamation of the two. Like I if I could just do movement with mouse and keyboard, I'd be at least fairly happy with playing. But with everything that's thrown out, there's like three, there's like two grenade buttons. There's an equipment button. Like there's a million things that it's just like when I start playing in a multiplayer game, like I'm not ever going to be that 360 no scope guy anymore. And like when I get into those games, all I feel like is I'm running five steps and I'm getting capped in the head and I'm running five steps and I throw a grenade and I'm getting capped in the head or I get somebody down to no shields and I get fucking capped in the head. And it's just like. To me, I've had like one or two games where I've been semi-competitive in a Slayer model. To me, CTF is where I love out of Halo. The fact that I can't choose, at least when I played, can't choose a playlist that is just the big team battles that actually are the game modes that I want. Um, and I, I didn't play any of the Fiesta, and I know they've been like working and talking about fixing some of that stuff. Fiesta was dope. They just, just they just came out with a Slayer-only playlist, which I avoid like the plague. I'm actually with you. I'm not great at i'm not good i'm not good at this game on a yeah, it's it's not it's it's not battlefield right it's not oh my god i spawned and from three miles away there's somebody who's fucking sitting on top of a building with a sniper rifle and hits me as soon as i spawn but it's like any i i never expect any of the firefights i get into to end with me winning and like it's just to me that creates a not fun experience and I don't have the time necessary to to dedicate to getting good again. Um, if take time, it does. If this game had co-op online, like I know we had a big discussion about it when it was announced that it wouldn't be there for launch. I think that I would enjoy the story a whole lot more. Um, as it is, like it's just solo is never the way that i've enjoyed the halo story even and i know we're really talking about multiplayer right now but like for me until that feature is there i'll give it another shot when it is there but i i just i ended up having to shelve this game because to me i was getting that frustrated not with somebody teabagging me and acting like a dick with the fact that i never felt competitive in any game that i was playing yeah yeah we'll talk about the story in just a second as far as multiplayer i'm kind of like I'm not good at this. I'm not good at Halo. I've never been like the Halo guy. When I played a lot, I got good enough because I can play video games to like not be 
a drag on my team. I'm sure all the people I play with online are like, who the fuck is this guy? Every now and then I have a good game. I'm, I'm an objective-based guy because I can contribute and I can figure out how to kill people because I'm not stupid on, like, if I want to go, like, just uh, guard objectives, I know I'm going to get kills because I know where people are. Whereas otherwise, I need to learn maps and stuff like that. And I'm just not going to... I'm not at the point in my life where I'm going to play games enough to learn that. And that's fine. I'm, I'm not a pro gamer. That's fine. But, man, it's just... To me, just the nostalgia is there. The... The freedom of movement and the gunplay just feels so good that I enjoy it even when I'm not doing well. And for me, like, capture the flag, I'm I'm capture the flag, I'm stronghold, I, I'm oddball, and that's where I live. And it, I'll get through a Slayer match if it puts me in it just so I can get back to the objective base. And, I, and to me, that's all I need. I'm not going to play a ton of it. Lord knows we've got a bunch of other shit we need to play online. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine. But when I play, if I have not enough time to go run two races in Forza. I'm going to go play hopefully a capture the flag match in, in uh, what, Halo and I like What it. are the what are the load times like on the Xbox? Oh man, it's ridiculous. Like I'm like really fucking fast. Cuz they suck on PC. Like it's like a minute and a half to even load into the almost the playlist to be able to get a game started. Like it it takes a frustratingly long amount of time to get anything started and that might be like a big part of my frustration with it is that like i just if i'm not going to be good i want to be able to go from game to game to game and like you can't really do that at least on on the pc that i'm playing on i have you should you should try to uh you should try to stream it because it's a cloud one too yeah that might help a little bit i haven't personally experienced that like on xbox i'm playing on which I know that's considering the way the world is and how scarce it is. I know, you know, me and Chuck are lucky on that front. Series X, is the game is loading fast in single player and multiplayer, and their servers have been working good for me. And maybe I've been lucky. I'm not playing a ton of multiplayer, so maybe that also. I've just been lucky on that front, so who knows. Uh, let's talk about campaign. Nobody- By the way. Um, you there? I don't know if you've read any of the stories. There is a way to hack uh, couch co-op. Yeah, there's a glitch you can do to exploit to get couch co-op. Really? Yep. So let's talk yeah. about multiplayer and or let's talk about single player. My only complaint on that front. So quick resume on this game right now, and I'm playing Game Pass because I I have Game Pass and I understand the like. Someone like your brother Josh, like Rob, he's gonna buy Halo even if he has Game Pass because that's just yeah. he wants physical. That's fine. I love that there's people out there that's like that. At this point in my life, if I'm paying 15 bucks a month and I get a game, a full game for that, I'm gonna do that. It, my only problem, as anyone ran into on quick resume, if I load back into a world, it stops me about five seconds in. If I if it's a day later. And tells me I need to buy the game, and I have to quit out and restart, and then it's fine. Uh, I'm not quick resume, so no. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, I didn't have that problem on Halo. I had a problem on Far Cry though, where uh, quick resume like locked up the game, and I had to like back out and exit out of the game from the main. 
I've frustrating because that's like the exact opposite of what quick resume is meant for is like and most uh, quick resume is a wonderful thing and oh not, yeah that's that's not even ripping on quick resume it's just it's super unfortunate that yeah, it happens 90 percent of the time it's amazing but there are a few hiccups like that and so far evidently i have i just have a little bug in my game so i love halo story and this is the very first time I've ever played. And it turns out, I, I can't do some research into this. We're in the minority. Most people do play solo. It sucks for the people. There's a vocal minority that, like, they always play co-op. And we were always co-op. Um, I've never played a Halo campaign by myself, at least for the first time playing a Halo game. Uh, Actually, aside from the first one, or in the same way. Uh, oh, ODST, I, I played solo. I didn't have an OG Xbox, but so I went over and I played at a friend's house, and I played one and two, and then I got an Xbox 360 and played. Uh, went back and played. I played three, and I played Reach with friends, and then me and Chuck had played four and five together. Um, what well, we all played five, but did we all play four, or was it just me and Chuck on four? Well, I definitely we played all, four, so we I had four of them, Evan. Yeah, when we, me and you went back, had gone back through the wonderful Master Chief collection and went and played all the old ones together. I'm just talking about my very first time through, and I know uh, me, the the four of us, the, including Trey, played through five. I couldn't remember what Guardians was, or not Guardians, uh, four was like. Was it just two player? Or was it four per person? Oh, you you could do four player co op on that one. I, I may have played that one solo as well. Like I never got to play Reach because I I I didn't have anybody who would play with me. Mm-hmm. So like I I've never experienced that story, which is why I don't I like that game like everybody else does. Gosh, gotta... you commit. I I never finished that story with the person I played with. Me and you should go back, get Master Chief Collection, and be. We should all go back and play Reach this year. That would be awesome. I'll do it. I'd give it a shot. Like I said, I mean, so I love Reach. It's a yeah. lot of people's favorite story in Halo. I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna restart my campaign in halo five or yeah halo infinite because i at least when i go in the settings i can't change my difficulty and as we just spoke about with the skill ceiling like for some reason i was like i'll do it on heroic i'll be perfectly fine and i'm just getting waxed all the time and it'd be hard man i played on normal i went with normal because i i didn't want to run into that and normal for the most part is pretty easy but some of the more challenging areas like Heroic by myself would be hard as fuck. Yeah, and so, like, I've I've not even made it to Zeta Halo because it's just, like, I'm just, like, I'll, I'll play for, like, 15, 20 minutes, and, like, I'm in this fucking just endless corridor of brutes that are just, like, anytime I think I'm making headway, I get my ass kicked, and then it's another, you know, 90 seconds to reload my life, and I'm just like, mm, this is not an optimal way for me. It, it feels like 90 seconds. It, it's probably, like, 30, 40 seconds, but, yeah, it is not immediate respawn. It's like 15, maybe 15 seconds on series. Yeah, and like, I'm just, I'm doing the game a disservice playing it the way I am right now with both the difficulty and the load times. So if streaming works, that's great. And if I can, I mean, I'm not far in the game, so just restarting it's not going to be bad. As long as I can skip that damn cutscene at the beginning, I'm fine, which Man, I think yeah. I can. You had, so you haven't even got to experience Zeta, Zeta Halo. That's crazy. That sucks. You should just, I mean... Let's just commit to us going back and playing this in co-op next year. Who gives a damn if we can rate it for our game of the year? Like, Yeah, I'm, I'm going to play the story. I like Halo a lot. And this, I, I agree with Chuck. 
this and you, this feels like classic Halo. It feels way more like classic Halo than four and five did. And I'm willing to, to admit it's a great game that hasn't clicked with me yet, but I know if I were to be able to go through it with friends, it would be a way different experience. All right, so let's talk about the game. So Chuck and me are both on pretty good ways into Zeta Halo as far as, like, the world. Um, I'm only on the fourth actual story mission out of, I think there's, like, 12 or 13. But I have experienced a lot of the world because, so, you know, Jason Trier did a good piece in, for Bloomberg about what this, through the the tortured development of this game and how this is an example of like how to come through on a delay was an, the best thing that Microsoft ever did for a year on this game, polishing it, refocusing. And this game where originally they wanted this to be Halo Breath of the Wild because how many games want to be Breath of the Wild? And to an extent, it still kind of is. It feels more like Halo Far Cry to me. Um, but they hit what they wanted to and I love Zeta Halo. The story I'm like I really like. I like what it's doing. I like what it spoon feeds me. I like the fact I really enjoy picking up the audio logs as a guy that is a big fan of Remedy, who tells half their story through audio logs and reading shit. I'm perfectly fine with that because we've clearly made a jump from the end of Halo Five Guardians. I correct me. Court, like we see a guardian leaving at the end after you reconcile with your team with uh what's his face luke cage and all them and you kind of come to an understanding and then the fucking guardians flying away and cortana's clearly controlling that there's a time jump like she went to zeta halo on a guardian we you took infinity there and shit went sideways you showed up there's what's called the banished there who's a splinter of the covenant They've taken over. They almost killed Chief. They've taken over Zeta Halo. Cortana's dead, at least as far as I know. And now you have the weapon who was sent in by Halsey who killed Cortana. Like, I'm still filling in the story, but I'm really fucking intrigued. But there was a time jump. I'm not wrong, right? Like, I, I shouldn't know exactly what happened yet. There, there, there's actually two time jumps. There's a time jump of Chief getting to there on the infinity and uh fighting atriox who's the leader of the banished and then there's another time jump six months of him floating in space before he's picked up by what 216 yeah i i um but i will say also real quick as a quick aside the banished were introduced in halo wars 2 I've been uh, they, up on that. Yes. It's really fucking cool. Like ODST and Halo Wars, it like Halo Wars it turns out is like the prequel to the whole fucking thing. Like that that's really yeah. cool. I'm not, I'm not a big Halo Wars guy. It's just not my game, but turns out I should have known the story from all that. Yeah. The cutscenes in Halo Wars were some of the best cutscenes in Halo. Mm-hmm. But uh but yeah, so there's actually two minor time jumps. So I would say the the Zeta Halo, you're there probably a year and a half before you actually play the game. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of the feeling I have. and I've enjoyed like piecing the story together through that, not just with the cutscenes, but like getting all these audio logs as I go and all that. And I, I yeah, you hear, have you heard Lasky yet? Oh yeah, like, several several times. Yeah, Lasky was in four and five, so this is the way that he can be in Infinite too. Is he's very 
prominent in the uh, in the audio logs. Yeah, see at least. Yeah, I've heard several ones with him, and I've enjoyed. So let's talk about like Zay Halo. This is the first quote unquote, <laughs> and yeah, it's not a far cry. It doesn't every or not a Breath of the Wild even, where like every single corner has something for you to unlock. There's not life everywhere like there is in Far Cry. But man, I like Zeta I like going around it. Sure, there's a bit of a sameness. Like you're gonna go take out a bunch of Ford operating bases, you're gonna take out strongholds, and then you're gonna take out propaganda towers and shit like that. I don't care. It's a beautiful world and I just like traveling it. It's easy to travel, it's fun, and I just like to go fucking kill people. And it's really great <laughs> as Master Chief is I can just fucking zip line everywhere and then go spawn a warthog or whatever and just fucking fly around the world. And god damn it's fun, man. Yeah, some of my favorite times are um getting in a ghost or a banshee. Have you seen any banshees yet? I won, yes. Okay, if you zip line onto a banshee and you can just kind of fly around the world, it's so cool. And then you also will see other, because a lot of the times the forward operating bases won't show you everything unless you're like going past it or you're real close to it and then it'll unlock on the map. So if you're doing that in like a banshee, just kind of flying around looking for stuff, uh, it'll unlock a lot of stuff on the map, especially propaganda towers, which, by the way, uh, the grunt dialogue. Grunt dialogue is, is peak. Peak. It's amazing. There's thousands of lines of dialogue, and they're all hilarious. The propaganda towers, they're sometimes they'll just sit there for like 10 minutes and listen to the grunt propaganda. It's hilarious. I did the same thing. It's amazing. It's great writing. It's very underrated part of the game. Like, I don't know how many. It reminds me like a Sunset Overdrive. Of like, sometimes I just died to see all the many death animations they had. Sometimes I just like to listen to grunts in this game because it's it like genuinely makes me laugh out loud. That's awesome. It's really good, man. I I get into the as someone that's like getting more and more into the lore and this is an advantage of this is my first time playing by myself and i miss the open worldness of this is when i miss playing with you guys like mm -hmm. i when i'm going around the world and i'm doing kind of the same thing over and over again even though i'm enjoying it still because the world's cool and the combat's fun it'd be way cooler when I'm having to drive the Warthog because no one else can, but the NPC's shooting all over the place, and I'm like, God damn, I wish Chuck was on this turret back here and let me drive, and we could form a game plan, and we'd be fucking wrecking shop right now instead of my fucking F NPC that's shooting way the fuck in the wrong direction. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Like, the open world part of this game, which is, like, the middle meat of this game outside of the story... Is going to be way better co-op, just like it is in Far Cry. Like, when we play Far Cry, the sandbox, I mean, that's so much more fun. And it'll be the same way. And I understand why they released a great game, and they had to get it out. Like, they really couldn't delay farther. I understand it. But, man, multiplayer, when we have Forge and we can play shoddy snipers, uh, capture the flag only because you can make whatever playlist you want to. And then when we can do co-op campaign... 
this game's going to be a whole nother level, and it's already real fucking high, man. Like, I'm very high. That is the only single player I'm paying attention to the story more, and I'm finding out, like, I'm getting really sucked into the lore. And not that I don't when we play multiplayer, but I'm also we're making jokes and talking half the time, and I love that part of it. But I'm I'm getting the other experience, and I'm finding that I actually really like it, and I'm finding that I'm happy I'm getting this, and then I look forward to my other experience with it as well, because I'm totally going to play this game again with you guys if you guys are are going to want to as well. Hell yeah. I'll yeah. play this game a bunch. I love the story. I love the inclusion of the mini-bosses. Like, where I'm at right now, it's it's awesome. I, I, I can't say enough about this game. Uh, I love it so much. Hell yeah. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up on games. That's the last game we played that I'm aware of. Uh, it's after midnight. I do want to say, so we've got, we're almost at the end of 2021. As you know, we'll, we'll do our awards in a couple of months. We've got a lot of games to play. What games are you guys like? What games have we not even like touched on? Is there any games that you know that you're going to try and finish? For, even if we've talked about them and you haven't got to play, like, what games are you guys like? What, what's your focus on finishing for the year? I mean, yeah. I, I still oh. really I want to play Guardians. I want to finish Kana. Um, honestly, don't know what I mean. I want to finish Psychonauts. Yeah, I know. I kind of sprung this on you. I was just honestly curious. What about you, Tim? Um, I really don't have a list to be honest with you. I mean, there's some stuff that came out earlier this year that I didn't that I didn't play that I wanted to. And then there was a couple of things that came out while I was finishing Far Cry because that took like 40 hours. Yeah. Uh, See, like for me, like I know I've got like I want to I want to I think Guardians for story purposes. I'm going to go easy on that. And I know I, I, I know that's a story I want to finish. Um, I'm very excited. to go, Like I am big into Death's Door. That's a game that I really love. But I that's a game that I want to play. Death's Door is fucking immaculate. Uh, I can't wait to go back and spend some time, like, dedicated to that game. Um, uh, I definitely want to finish Far Cry 6. I want to finish Metroid Dread. I want to finish... Oh, House of Ashes. I was about to say, yeah. We're all going to play... I'm going to play House of Ashes with each of you, so I've got, like, 12 hours there right there. <laughs> but I want to check out the DLC to both Life is Strange and Operation Tango. Oh yeah, the uh, the DLC for Outer Wilds. I haven't played that. That, that was next on my list. Like I'm a hundred percent gonna play the Outer Wilds uh, expansion. I I might check out Solar Ash at some point. I'm interested in that game. I might check out like Jet the Far Shore. Uh, I really want to play Lake. Lake seems very up my alley yeah. from a narrative standpoint, and it's on Game Pass now. If I thought I had the skill, I wouldn't hate finishing Returnal, but Man, that game's hard. Yeah, I've got so many biomes left. Like, I've only gotten through the first three, I think, or two, and, like, nah. Nah, son. Are you a chicory sort of guy? I want to play it. I think it would probably be up my alley. Yeah, I that I, that game doesn't look like it's for me, but it almost looked for you. There was, do you guys remember that Ubisoft game that was called Lost in Random that had, like, a dice roll mechanic? Yeah. They had decent reviews. I got really interested in that, but like, I feel like it's just going to be lost in the shuffle. No pun intended. Oh. I really, I really want to play Hot Hot Wheels Unleashed. Like, real no, fuck fast. that. Riders Republic, damn it. 
I've played it. I don't like it. <laughs> it's not for me. Uh, there was a game that released uh, day and date uh, during the Nindies the other day, the Nintendo Indie World Showcase that looked mm. really good, but uh, I don't know. I've got too much other shit to play. Oh, I need to go back and play more uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, you should play Lake. Lake looks like a game for you. Greg Miller loves it. Gary Wood is like, it's ga- his game of the year. Uh, I've got so much power washing to do, though. I just don't know that I can. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You make me sad. Uh, oh, Forgotten City. For- Forgotten City is towards the top of my list of games. I do I do actually really want to play Forgotten City. It's on Game Pass now. I've heard, like, nothing but glowing things about that game. I wouldn't hate playing Inscription. Oh, thank you. Inscri- I re- like... A lot of people are like, it's hands down game of the year. Just not enough people to play it. A lot of Pierce is like, I can't describe to you how good this game is. Yeah, I have so. to know, there's some insane twist that nobody has leaked to me somehow yet. Like everyone's like, that game's not what you think it is, and I have to know. But I, it's on PC only at the moment. I yeah, mean, I don't know that that's going to change either. Is Chuck flash dancing in the background? I gotta pee. Let's go. All right, let's wrap it up, guys. All right, so it's been awesome. We haven't talked about video games forever, and this is like it reignited my love of video games. Not that I've been playing them all ever. It's been a good talk. It's been a while since we talked about video games. It won't be that long again. We got more coming. 2022 is going to be a banger year for video games Um, for what's lined up. I'm very excited. Uh, But for now, that's all we got. The movie or the the movie and video games awards will be coming in the next few months stay tuned for those and hopefully we'll be talking to you before then chuck's gotta pee we're out of here thanks guys thank you for listening to free for all your source for all things geek we just wrapped up another episode, but we're not done. Stay tuned for more episodes when we make our return next week. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and rate and review us too. That's the best way for new folks to find our show. You can also find us on the Google Play Store, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Don't forget that you can now subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch the show as we record, and you can catch our live streams on the Free For All Facebook page. Also, feel free to tweet us at FFA Podcast to keep in touch. Thanks again, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Happy Tamala Day. God, we're missing Tamala Days. Oh, I'm your fucking sickness.